Um, so, Truish, it's our final message, a short two-week series. Uh, so in honor of that, I, I want to play a little bit of true and false with you this morning, all right? So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you just, you just say, shout out, uh, what you, whether or not you think it's true or false, all right? So true or false, in West Virginia, if you accidentally hit an animal with your car, you are free to take it home for supper. That is true. There's an actual law on the books in West Virginia. You know, you look up one of, the, one of those websites with dumb laws and places and stuff. That's actually on the, on the books in Virginia. All right. True or false? Most of the dust particles in your home come from dead skin. It's actually, it's actually false, surprisingly. Most of the dust from your house actually comes from the outdoors. It's, you can look it up. Or maybe I'm lying. I don't know. True or false, a squid has eight tentacles. False. Anybody know the answer? Two tentacles and eight arms. So if you said ten, you're the closest. All right. True or false, it is impossible to lick your elbow. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I just want to see if somebody would try it. Yeah, I've got a couple of people that are trying. Okay, awesome. So if you can confirm or deny that and want to come up on stage and show us this morning, that would be, that would be awesome. You ever, uh, growing up as a kid, you ever heard, uh, or have you heard like a parent talking with a kid and, and ask them, are you telling me a story? You ever heard that before? Or maybe your parents did that with you? What do, we, what do they mean when they're asking that question? Are you lying to me? And I always thought it was funny, though, when somebody, are you telling me a story? It's almost like, it's almost like the adult doesn't want to break it to the kid and let them know that, oh, you just did something really wrong. You lied. The kid knows. They know exactly what they're doing. They may not be able to call it a lie, but they know how to deceive and how to manipulate that. They learn that early on. I mean, they've got cookie crumbs on their mouth. Did you eat the last cookie? No. Are you telling me a story? Yeah, are you buying it? You know, you know, it's like I imagine that's the internal dialogue that's going on in their mind when we ask them if you're telling them a story. I always thought that was interesting. I thought it was kind of funny. It's like whose whose feelings are we trying to save here? I mean, because we know when it comes to the truth and telling the truth, we know the difference between truth and falsehood, right? If we have all the information about what's going on, we we know whether or not it's true. So why do we why do we categorize things in that way? Especially because I think it's interesting. As we get older, the stories don't really stop. The stories really just kind of get a little bit more complicated. Where we, we continue in trying to communicate or trying to, you know, kind of control people's responses to us in our life and what's going on by continuing to tell stories about things that, that maybe we hope that aren't, aren't true or, or desperately hope that are true in our life. And so just to kind of give you a picture of what I mean, check this out.
this doesn't just happen on social media, by the way. This like, isn't just an Instagram-specific thing. We can say that we believe in the truth, but it's a very different thing to actually walk in the truth. How many times can you think of through your life where, where you've tried to, you know, manipulate a situation or, or share some details or, you know, keep some details back, maybe not share the whole story, to just make, make yourself or situation seem a little bit better than it really is? Or, or portray yourself in a little bit better light than what's really going on in your life? What, what, is, what is it to actually walk in the truth in our life? I'm not suggesting that we go around like social media and stuff like that and, and not share any happy times with people. And I'm not saying that the only thing that we should post or talk about people is how miserable we are all the time. I'm, I am suggesting, though, that it is important when we talk about and we think about our relationship with the truth and what the truth actually is in our life that, that we don't use stories to try to control and manipulate how people view what is true in our life. And here, here's the thing that I think is really sad about this. And you, you think about people that you know that kind of get into this trap or rut in their lives where, they, uh, where they're constantly, you know, massaging the situation and, and saying, well, this is why this happened and this is what happened to make themselves look better. Is, is that what's really sad about it, you might be able to fool people at a distance, but the people that, were, that are closest to us, like, we're not fooling anybody. People know when we're, when we're not telling the truth. People know when we're trying to, pers- you know, portray ourselves in a better light than, than what, what we really are. People know when we're trying to fool them with our stories. A friend wrote about uh, and this uh, situation that he observed in Lowe's a few weeks ago where he was standing there, an employee came in, and manager said, you're, you're late. And the employee said, you know, started going into the explanation, well, you know, this happened, and I, you know, this thing was happening here and then at home, and then I got, you know, and the manager said, and this is a friend of mine observing this, watching this happen. The manager said, you know, in the past four months that you've worked here, you've rarely, if ever, been on time. We'll talk about this later. Eesh. Like, what, what a tough conversation. You wonder, four months ago, as that person is trying to get that job, they're talking to the manager on their resume. I'm sure on their cover letter it didn't have this thing that said, you know, I'm rarely, if ever, on time. And I'm going to come up with really complex lies to try to convince you of why you should still hire me and why it's okay that I'm going to be late every day that I work here. Right? Like, the stories that we tell, our relationship with the truth, sometimes it's just fooling ourselves, not the people around us. It's one thing to believe that the truth exists and another to walk in it. And so last week, that's why we looked at Second uh, John, uh, one of the shortest books of the Bible, as John talks about and shares about what it looks like, what it answers the question, what is the truth, that Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, and we're supposed to follow after him. And both Second John and Third John, which we're going to be looking at this morning, if you want to turn your Bibles to Third John, you can do that. Um, uh, he, he uses the phrase, walking in the truth. That's an expectation that we have as Christ followers, that we're going to have a, a direct relationship in how we live out our, our lives, and it's going to be truthful. It's going to affect how we deal with the truth and the stories that we tell. And so in 3 John, John writes to a friend named Gaius. And here's how 3 John begins. The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. 
A great question maybe this week to ponder is, is how, how nervous does the truth make you in your life? Like, are, are there things in your life, could you say that walking in the truth is your greatest joy for yourself and those around you? Just something to, to think about, because this is the way that John starts off writing to Gaius about issues that two different people that he's going to talk about in this letter have with the truth. One is walking in the truth, and is a great example, and John says, hey, this is the kind of guy that you want to look after. One is running away from it, and there's a, an important contrast for us in how we live out our, our daily lives and how authentic and real we are in our relationship with the truth. And here's what he says in verse 9 of Third John. He says, I wrote to the church, he starts talking about this guy named Diotrephes. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I came, when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. One of, the, one of the contrasts in our life when it comes to our relationship with, with the truth is that even when something is true, we, we want nothing to do with it. Like, that's when we have a problem with the truth in our life, is that we try to stay away from it. We get into, you know, you ever, you ever told a lie as a, as a kid? Because I know you don't tell lies as adults. None of us do that in here. We're just talking about other people that do this kind of stuff, right? So you tell a lie, and then you realize you've got to tell another one to back that one up. You gotta tell another one. You gotta tell another one. Like, like it's this huge thing. It's this house of cards that we build to try to control the narrative in our life. And you know that all somebody has to do is peek around behind the curtain before it all <laughs> is is gonna fall down. Well, this is diatrophies in his life. He's either a sociopath or, you know, as John points out, he just loves to be first. There's this pride in his life that he has where everything is gonna be centered around him, and so he wants to control the story that other people hear and know about. Him his life. And so he's going to do whatever he can to do that. It sounds a lot like, to me, like this truish statement. I'm okay as long as I'm sincere about what I want. Maybe you know somebody that's kind of like, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe, what you say, what you do. It's just as long as you're sincere, as long as it's good for you, like that's, that's good. That's in the spot that you want to be in your life. The problem with that is, especially with the internet, we can find anything to back up anything that we want to. I can find, you, we talk about an issue and we can, like I'll take one side, you take the other, and we'll say, well, let's find articles that, that back up what we have to say. You and I both can find as many articles as we want to to back up what we want. So I want to find, uh, I want to find an article that tells me that donuts are good for me. I can do that. like I, I can use the internet and I can I can write the article myself and put it on there, right? That's something that I want to hear. I would love to hear that. And all of a sudden donuts, you know, cure cancer. That would be amazing, right? Everything causes cancer. Everything helps against can- you know those things those types of things. We can find we can find information that says there are many paths to God or all roads lead to God. Like we can back that up. We can find things as long as you're sincere in your life, that's what matters. Or I want to find that, you know, the actions that, that I take part in this life, they don't really affect me in a negative way as long as I'm sincere and choose to do what I want to do. I can look at whatever I want, and it doesn't affect my mind or relationships. I can identify however I want, and it's okay. I, as long as I'm sincere, everything's okay in this life. And this is, I think, kind of how Diotrephes was living his life. He was making himself first, and as long as he did what he wanted to do, 
everything was going to be great in his life. And I would love to tell you that that's true. I would love, I mean, as sincere as, as so many of us are, as I've been in the past, it just hasn't led to everything that what I've believed and done and thought has been true. Just because you and I are sincere doesn't make what we believe to be true. A few years ago, I was playing disc golf with some friends, and we were at a course we'd never played at before. So we go up to this hole, and a friend of ours is saying, there's a group of us, and says, you know what, that's our next hole, but I know there, there's a shortcut. I can tell. There's, we've never played there before. And he's like, I just know this is a shortcut. Let's go this way. So we go around this tree, no shortcut, can't get to the hole. So we go around the, the next bush, you know, the next corner, no shortcut to, to that hole. We walk like a mile out of our way around this whole park to get to this next hole, find us ourselves back where we started, and then have to walk through, and it was really just 20 feet away, like right there. I mean, he was so sincere about what he knew. Like, I just know. I can see it. I know exactly how to get there if we just go this way, and he was sincerely wrong. I, I mean, I don't know. How, I, I don't care how many times you get on 95 North to go to Florida. You're not going to get there. It's just not going to happen. You can be as sincere as you want to that this is the right direction. This is the way that we need to go. That doesn't make it true. You can be in the hospital and a nurse can say, this is definitely the medicine I'm supposed to give you. And this is definitely the amount. And they're sincere. They want to help you. They want to help you get better. And they can be sincerely wrong. Just because someone says something sincerely doesn't mean it's true. Did you? I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to shock anybody, but just because I stand up here and say something sincerely doesn't make it true. Right. Tiny, why are you going to laugh at me? <laughs> There's a responsibility that, that we have as Christ followers, having God's word together, that, that we're reading that, that we're testing that, that we're testing that against the things that happen in this world. When we talk about what is the truth, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and, and John says, I have no greater joy than that you walk in the truth. Well, part of that is knowing what the truth is and being able to say, well, man, Rob is way off on this whole truth thing. I'm, I'm sincere about that belief, you know? We, we've got to know what it is and apply it in our life. Truth, by nature is exclusive. And, and I don't mean, you know, we think about different paths to God and world religions and all the different, you know, amounts of truth that we might find and different things that we can apply in our lives and, and believe in that. But they can't, they can't all be right. The, the very nature of truth is exclusive. And I don't want to offend anybody by this statement, but I, I'm going to put something on the screen and I, I hope you're okay with this. Two plus two equals four. I mean, true. You can laugh about that. I mean, tr but true, like that. Is that true or not? Well, how does that? Oh, it's not true. All right. So, so I'm gonna do some fancy math over here in calculus and all that kind of stuff. I, I mean, but what about five's feelings? <laughs> how does three feel about this? You, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, truth by by very nature is exclusive. And what does ex exclude? Like part of it. Part of what John is pointing out to Gaius and what's going on in this life, but part of how this applies to us is that what truth does when we're willing to accept it and we're willing to apply it to our lives is it, is it excludes darkness. What, what truth is exclusionary of is, is lies. That's why it's so important that, it's, that we walk in it. it it's why it's uncomfortable 
for us sometimes. It's because it exposes some things. It brings light to darkness. It exposes some things that maybe we don't want to expose. It, it changes the narrative that we've tried to control. That's why Diotrephes didn't want anybody, other Christians coming in. He tried to keep them out. He didn't want anybody to pay attention to John's letter that he wrote to the, ch- to the church. Because it pointed out that him being number one, him being sincere about what he wanted and what he wanted to do and the narrative that he was trying to control in his life was wrong. I'm sure he was very sincere in his belief, but the results of Diotrephes' actions pointed to evil, not good. That's one of the indicators of walking in the truth. Here's what John says in verses 11 and 12. He gives an example of another person. He talks about Demetrius, who is actually walking in the truth. He says, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. He's pointing, he's pointing out that, that hey, here, here's diatrophies, and here's how he's living his life, and here's the result of that. It's a bunch of brokenness. It's a bunch of relationships that don't work. It's, it's him spreading malicious nonsense about other people. He's living a lie. He's telling a narrative that is not true in his life. But, but, but look at the result of people who are walking in the truth. Here's Demetrius over here. He's walking in the truth. The result of his life are good, is good and is not evil. It, like I get that there are different perspectives on the truth and how that plays out. I had this uh, experience in elementary school with an art teacher. And here's what happened. We were doing, we were doing this, pro- this project, and we all needed a green crayon. All right, so we had had crayons out there, and everybody looked for a green crayon and stuff. And I, I grabbed a crayon, and it said something like yellow grass or something like that. You know, it was like a shade of green. So the art teacher, I'm in elementary school. I was a very technical, technically minded, literally minded kid. So the art teacher says, does everybody have a green crayon? Well, I looked at the crayon, and it did not say G-R-E-E-N at all, anywhere on that. And I raised my hand. I was like, I, I don't have one. So the art teacher comes over. She looks at my crayon. Maybe she was having a bad day this day. So she gets down in my face, and it was a different era, too. She gets down in my face. I'm sitting at the desk. She grabs my cheeks and squeezes them. I'll never forget this. And she says, don't you ever lie to me again. And as a kid, I'm sitting there and I said, you jerk? No, I, actually, I didn't say that. I, like, I was, I was kind of freaked out a little bit. <laughs> I was a little bit scared. Um, and I just kind of, I didn't interact with that teacher ever again until I didn't, I didn't have to anymore until we were gone. Like, I never, never seen her before, everything like that. And, and I know some of you are thinking, like, well, who's, who's right in that situation? Well, obviously, I was. Like, in a court of law, I mean, green crayon, it didn't say green anywhere, right? It was chartreuse or whatever it was, yellow grass. But, but what, what's crazy to me about this perspective of the truth, or, or I think what John is trying to point out here with this whole evil and good thing is like the reaction that we give when it comes to the truth, like whether it, not, it results in good action or evil action, that has a lot to say about what our relationship to the truth is in our life. That, that if nothing else, even if you'd say, well, she, you could explain away, you know, the perspective and stuff like that, the reaction or the relationship that that teacher had to the truth was absolutely wrong. I would say evil. She squeezed my cheeks, man. I still remember how it feels. It, it, 
I need to talk to somebody after service. <laughs> so I, I just want to give you a couple things to think about this week, about what, some, what are some results that we can point to to let us know if we're sincerely following the truth. The first thing is this. The truth takes humility in our life. You can't handle the truth. Well, that, that's the only way you can handle the truth in your life, is you're willing to be humble enough to, to realize that, that maybe you have done something that is wrong or you told a lie or you've done something evil as a result of your relationship with the truth. Admit that we don't have all the answers and therefore allow God to guide us to the good. Now, like I, some of you could take 2 plus 2 equals 4 and explain to me intellectually about why that works from a math, a math standpoint. Not all of us can. Does that mean that 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 4? Like if we can't explain the reason behind why the theory and the math of how that works out, could you write a 10-page paper on why 2 plus 2 equals 4? So, so are you not going to believe that anymore? Right? It, it takes some humility and understanding that we might not have all the answers, but if, man, if we want to if we will walk in the truth and we understand that, that the truth is not a what, that it's a who, that it's Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life, that then maybe we'll have the humility to ma- make ourselves first, but to make God first and allow him to guide us to good versus evil. The truth takes behavior in your life. Show me your behavior and I will show you your belief. I mean, think about the time that you spend during your day during, doing what, the decisions that you make in different scenarios, the way that you try to control your narrative in your life. Choosing truth, for example, over your feelings, it's, it's a difficult path, but that behavior, how you interact with it, will show your belief in your life and whether or not you're actually walking with Jesus. It takes time and effort to seek it out and to put it into practice in your life. Here's the... Here's the um, Here's what Paul suggests that we do in, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9, when it comes to the truth. Here, here's what he says. Finally, brothers and sisters, I say suggest. He's not suggesting that this is what we're to do. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice in the God of peace will be will be with you. See the question question for us when it comes to the truth is not whether or not it's painful or not, but whether or not it 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 allows us to experience true peace with God in this life if our minds and our narratives are pushed in that direction. Uh, the third thing that the truth takes and walking in the truth and an indicator for that is it, it takes takes a relationship. Here's what I mean by that. As John is closing his letter to Gaius, he says in verse 13 and verse 14, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face, face to face. That As John is talking about, he, he's, not, he's not just talking about stuff that, that are good ideas, and here are things that you should do, and here are ways that you should live. Like when I'm getting up here and talking about things about Scripture and God's Word and how it's meant to apply in our lives. Like, I'm not talking about this is good advice for you. This is, this is what God has called us to do. That this is what I'm striving for as well, that we should be striving for together as a church and is, as individuals, that we're called to have a relationship with each other and the truth, that, that we can choose whether or not to be tied to the lies that we tell about our, to ourselves, about ourselves and to other people, those narratives that put ourselves first, or we can choose to walk in the truth by having a relationship with the truth and we ch- with each other. And ultimately, that, that points to Jesus. Jesus 
Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Walking in the truth requires us to have a relationship with him. And it doesn't require any embellishments. It doesn't require any subtractions or additions. What he will do with you and through you and in you and for you is the greatest truth that you can be a part of and the only thing that will stand up against the test of this life. Because Jesus and Jesus' truth is absolute in this life. It's transcendent. That is the absolute truth. It's, It's only prejudice is against what is a lie. And I hope, I hope you know that and understand that perspective when it comes to this life and living out God's truth. The Bible calls Satan the father of lies, and the most powerful lie that he has gotten humanity to buy into is that you and I are first. Like that our stories are more important than what God wants to do with our stories. That it begins and it ends with us. When, when really... Us being number one and us being the fulfillment of achievement in our life, that, that's not really even our greatest desire. I'm going to give you a one-word reminder for how to walk in the truth in your life. And here's what it is. This, this idea of humility and this idea of behavior and this idea of relationship, all of this is built on this one-word reminder when it comes to the truth in your life. Here it is. Ready? Eternity. That's, what it, that's, that's why we choose to live the way that we do. is Because our hope is not anything that we find in this world, but it's, it's the hope that we find in the next. In the problem of pain, C.S. Lewis observes this. There have been times when I think we do not desire heaven, but more often I find myself wondering whether in our heart of hearts we have ever desired anything else. It is the secret signature of each soul, the incommunicable and unappeasable want. Sometimes that's why we grasp at lies to, to satisfy. You know, we get through, we try to wade through all these things to fulfill this, this, this longing that we have that can't be satisfied for, for something else. And some of you have waded through all that and you've come to the place where you're like, man, God, God's truth, that's, that's what I want in my life. That's what he desires for me is his transcendent truth of love, good over evil, honesty over lies, humility over pride, right behavior over fleeting feelings. And just as John encourages guys to walk in the truth and says, hey, this is my greatest joy in life. This is what God desires for us. That's his greatest joy is that we recognize that, man, our story, our story doesn't have to have an ending. That he offers an eternity for us to walk in truth with him, to experience light versus darkness. So as Christ followers, that, that's that's our marker, like that's our goal, that's our, our impetus for how we live our life is eternity and the hope that we have. And if you're not there yet, maybe you're not following Jesus yet, you haven't decided, am I all in with God, but you know that you're ready to move past some of the darkness and the lies that are a part of your story, the lies that Satan have, has told you. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is the truth. He's the way. He's the life. He invites any of us and all of us to walk with him in that. To experience not just what's happening here, but to experience real and true life with him for eternity. That's why every week at Velocity we take communion. We take a little bit of bread and we take a little bit of juice and we do that 
because we're proclaiming the truth of, of Jesus' resurrection. It's not just an idea that we aspire to or that gives us um, inspiration for how we approach life. It is a real event that changes things for us, that changes our eternity. We proclaim his truth because it changes our story. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, this time of worship, and we ask that you guide us in your truth, that the direction that we have our lives pointed, the, the stories that we're telling, help us to uh, align it with yours. Help, you, uh, help us to allow you to be the narrator in our lives. In Jesus' name.